on today's episode of Podcastification, a successful podcast story from an accountant. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. Podcastification is all about you, teaching you how to podcast, how to put into practice the best practices that I and my team have learned in working with hundreds of clients. You are going to podcast better from listening to this show. If you like what you hear on Podcastification, please just hit the pause button, swipe to the sharing function on your app, and share this episode with somebody you know will benefit. And if you'd like to get in on more Podcastification goodness, you can do it by subscribing to our Podcast Optimizer email series, and I promise you, you won't get lots of junk. You'll just get one actionable email a week. Go to podcastfasttrack.com slash optimizer. That is enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Hey, welcome back to Podcastification. I want to introduce you today to one of my friends, one of my clients. His name's Mark Goldman. Mark is trained as an accountant. He also is a recruiter for the accounting industry, and he runs two businesses that have kind of morphed together. And one of the catalysts for morphing those two together was the podcast and the unexpected results that came about from producing a podcast for accountants in the recruiting industry. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily think of accounting as one of the most exciting professions out there. And so when I first began speaking with Mark and hearing he wanted to do a podcast for accountants, I had no idea what the show would be about. But I'm telling you, his show has become one of the most popular shows in his industry, specifically because of his niche focus. He's focused on the recruitment side, on the new employee side, those coming into the field. And he's just giving great advice through the interviews that he does. And in this episode, Mark's going to drop so many great nuggets of gold about his journey and lessons you can learn to apply to yours. Thanks so much, Mark. Let's get into the episode. Tell me about your business before you ever started podcasting. What was your business? Why podcasting? You know, that sort of thought process. Sure. I sort of have two businesses, I guess, but they're very related. I own a recruiting company in San Antonio, and I've been in the accounting employment space for 25 years now. I'm a CPA. I operate a practice where we help employers hire for accounting positions. And I've been wanting to provide more assistance to the accounting community in, in the job seeker realm, because when you operate a recruiting firm, it, you help job seekers, but you have to out to the employers you know, in the first place. And so it's very employer focused in the beginning. And I just, I wanted to provide more content to job seekers. And so that's how I ended up getting into the podcasting <laughs> business, if you will, which I do that under the name of uh, Where Accountants Go. It's at whereaccountantsgo.com. And so why podcasting? I mean, you could do blog posts, you could do eBooks, you could do a YouTube channel. Why podcasting? That's a great question. I had never heard of podcasting. I was going to launch this new business, this new website business where accountants go. And I was telling a buddy about it over lunch who is an accountant, but he, he's a very forward thinking individual. And we were just talking about a bunch of stuff. And he says, Hey, have you heard, you know, so-and-so's podcast? And 
I said, no. And, oh, and he starts telling me about it. I said, yeah, actually, I don't listen to any podcast. And he's like, what? And, and this is embarrassing, but I had heard of podcasts, but I really didn't know what they were. And I sort of thought they had something to do with iPods. And I wasn't an Apple guy, you know, and so I thought, well, that's sort of old school technology. You know, I, I, I thought it was a thing of the past at the time. And then through that conversation, I realized, oh, no, this is sort of heating up. And so I already had a blog. So that was sort of old hat. You know, I've been doing that for a while and I wanted to do something new and, and different and something that wasn't, you know, being done as much in my space. And so that's that's why I started the podcast. It's embarrassing to say that now, but I, I really thought it was old when really it was one of the newer media formats. Yeah. So you mentioned that podcasting wasn't very big in your space. Give me an idea at that time, how many podcasts there were that were focusing on the accounting profession. Do you have any idea? So there's a lot of podcasts that focus on the accounting profession. You know, I mean, to the extent that I'm not even sure, you know, at, le at least at least a dozen, but most of them are technical focused in terms of talking about accounting concepts or they're focused on building an accounting practice. At the time when I started, I had only found one other accounting employment focused podcast, which was pretty cool. Since then, I found a couple others, but we all sort of have a different you know, approach to doing it. But even at this point, I, I think there's three of us that I, that I know of. And you know, I'm sure, as you know, you know, you're always finding new offerings out there. So you were already kind of in a niche within your industry in the recruitment and job seeker kind of a market. What did you discover about podcasting that made that niche focus even more powerful? Or did you discover anything? I found that it just really widens the audience that you're able to get in front of. And, and by the way, it's interesting. You, you know, we were talking about blogs. I had been putting a lot of effort into a blog before I started the podcast. And after I started the podcast, you know, I still have written show notes. And, and so there's text out there that goes with the podcast. But I had, I had sort of dropped the blog for a little while. And then recently, I've come to realize that it's there's definitely two separate audiences there. And so I, I've sort of picked that up again recently. And so I guess I've learned that you can reach a whole lot of people at a different time, you know, during the day with the podcast, but that also it's not a substitute for a blog. It's just, you know, one other format that you can use to get content out there. And why do you say that? podcasting is not a substitute for the blog. Is there something about the text-based content that's got a value that the audio doesn't? I guess it depends on your audience, but at least in my space, you know, there are some individuals that prefer to read and some uh, that are more visual. And so they want to see that. And then there are other individuals like myself that like to, or prefer to listen to podcast content, you know, in the car instead of music or or maybe when exercising, you know, instead of music or, or something like that. So it's, which in honestly, in my life, I don't have a tremendous amount of time to sit down and read something. So I, I'm more in the podcast space. I, I think it's just how people prefer to consume content. I'm with you there. There's different ways people like to consume and it's good if you can provide it in a variety of ways so that all of your audience can benefit in the way that they prefer when it was time for you to start your podcast, what was your wildest dream of what this might do to benefit your business or your your goals? 
I think I, I maybe didn't dream big enough, honestly, because I'm pleasantly surprised that the podcast has been accepted as, as well as it has, you know, when, cause I, I have a very niche show. And so when I look at the, the stats and stuff, I, it, it amazes me how many people download it. I, I'm very honored and, and humbled, <laughs> you know, that, that, that happens. Uh, you know, it's interesting how many overseas downloads you get and, and that kind of thing also, because my, although the show can go anywhere, my guest, you know, 80% or so have come from Texas. You know, I, I've had some others outside, but none outside the U.S. yet. And, you know, I probably didn't dream big enough, honestly. Uh, I probably need to set some some higher goals because it jumped up, you know, real fast, faster than I thought. Yeah. So when you say that you didn't dream big enough, the other side of that coin is that some things have happened that are bigger than you expected. You mentioned the number of listeners. What are some other things that you would say are direct outgrowths of the fact that you produce a podcast? It's almost like having your own publicist in some ways or having someone out there introducing you to the world that you're, you're not even aware of. Because I, I run into people now who are listeners of the podcast and you obviously you've never met. But then also you run into people that know people that listen to your podcast. And that's always a, an intriguing conversation for me. I, I've had guests on the show that own accounting businesses, accounting firms, and they'll tell me that their staff mentioned, you know, that they listened to the, the program throughout college and, and things like that. So that's pretty cool. It just has such a wide reach. That's, I guess, one of the things that I didn't anticipate. Uh, I thought it would only be people that may have met me before or was aware of what we do or that heard about it through a connection like that. But you, you really do get a lot of attention just through being searchable and findable. Yeah, that is super, super cool because it bears out across my experience as well that people find that their reach is broader than they thought it would be. You know, we're obviously we're stuck inside our own heads. And we think of things the way we think of things. And it's hard to get outside of that and recognize that there are other ways people will approach this thing we call it self-education or uh, resourcing themselves for various things. And podcasting is one of those things. And, you know, it's surprising that here's the CEO of a company who didn't know about your podcast, but yet his employees did. And part of that, I guess, is because of the niche audience that you speak to. You know, you were talking about recruiting and things like that. So it makes sense that they were listening throughout college. What do you see as some of the possibilities for yourself in terms of types of resources you could provide for your exact audience that would truly be a benefit to them, but also would be an asset to you in a very real way where it's bringing in revenue from your podcast because you're able to talk about it to the audience who wants to hear about it? Right now, I'm focused on the paid content model where I've got, you know, obviously a lot of free content out there. The the podcast and actually uh, a blog that we just launched. But then I have a separate section for publications and we're, we're testing some small publications, you know, just like tip sheets, but then also I've got the book and then a, a, a larger ebook that's available for the accounting community also. So that's, I'm testing out that model and that seems to work a little better, frank, frankly, because first of all, we can switch out things faster. If I decide this content isn't working, I won't replace it. Well, it's as easy as logging into WordPress and doing that. 
And then secondly, it's, well, there's no one else to report to, you know, it's just, it's our stuff. So <laughs> uh, we, we have total, total control over that. So that's what I've been focused on recently is the paid content model. That's really great. So courses, is that in your future? It is probably my, my biggest hindrance is time. I have sat down to record a video course three times now. You know, the first one had some technology issues I probably should have prepared for a little more. And then second time, different technology issue. Third time, no technology issue, but I wasn't just real happy with it. Uh, so I, I need to I need to do some re-recording. But I have no problem with audio. Recording audio is easy. When we get into video, that's a little more complicated. You know, it's easy to clip out stuff in audio if you if you make a mistake. It's a little harder in video. <laughs> Yeah, it can be. Though if you if you notice a lot of the YouTube videos that you see, you'll notice hard cuts, even mid-sentence from from one statement to another statement. And I think it's kind of accepted these days that that's just the way it goes because everybody has a video studio in their pocket. So all that to say, and maybe, maybe not to be so uh, discouraged about that. I heard someone say today on a podcast I was working on, imperfect now is better than perfect never. So, you know, getting it out there where people can benefit from it enables you to kind of iterate as you go and see, see what feedback you get and you can make your improvements from there. So anyway, I'm glad to hear you thinking about a course. What about things like a membership site or, or coaching groups? A membership site is something I've kicked around. Uh, I haven't figured out the right business model for how I would want to do that. And I, I still, you know, operate, own and operate my, my recruiting company in San Antonio. And so it's almost like that's my day job and, and the other, the podcast is my, my quote side hustle or <laughs> as people refer to it these days. So, you know, there again, time is, is the biggest issue. Coaching, I, I do a substantial amount of that already in, in my recruiting company. A lot of it is, is coaching and consulting. So, uh, which frankly, the, the two feed each other. There are some people that hear about the podcast through the recruiting company and then, you know, consequently, you know, they may buy a book, Right. Or there are individuals that hear about us through the podcast and it turns out they're in our local area and, you know, they are thinking about their career and then they end up being a client for the recruiting company. So it sort of, it sort of feeds each other back and forth. But that's, I guess, probably the reason for my, my slow movements on some things is, is I am juggling two jobs. <laughs> yeah, as many new podcasters are. Yes. You're not that new anymore, but still, until you can scale it to the point and really want to scale it to the point that you can step into that full time, you are always going to be balancing that time issue. So tell me, as you started your podcast, what were some of the obstacles that you hit right away as you got into it? I mean, I mean, first of all, how did you get past the issue of, I, I, you didn't even know what a podcast was. So how, how did you get past the idea of even producing one when you didn't even know what it was? Once I, I figured that out, I did a little research online, found some other podcasts, Cliff Ravenscraft, you know, the podcast answer man, yeah. you know, he was one of the first ones I found uh, in terms of uh, how to uh, produce a show or do a show. And so I listened to a bunch of his content, uh, John Lee Dumas, you know, he's, he's a big name out there, of course, uh, listened to, to some of that. I never purchased a course which maybe I should have done it. That comes down to the, the time commitment again and as, as to why I didn't. But I did some learning there. And then I happened across 
a contractor we were using for some other stuff who had an associate that was doing a podcast. And so I was lucky to, to get some time with him on the phone because by that time I had all these little bits and pieces of information that I had gathered by listening to all this stuff, but I didn't really have a roadmap on how to do it. And I hadn't found one online either that was you know just posted. I'm sure there are classes out there, but so I'm with this guy on the phone and he outlined for me how to produce a podcast, you know, from, you know, this is what you do to record. This is the software you need. This is the equipment that you might want to look at. And, and then we get down to editing and, and I'm writing down all these steps as fast as I can. And I know I'm missing some stuff and this guy's giving me his time for free. And I, you know, I'm feeling guilty about that. I don't want to ask him, you know, for more. And at the end he goes, or, you know, if you want, you can just use a service like podcast fast track. I kid you not. I <laughs> said, well, yeah, there's this guy. Uh, I think he's in Denver and he edits podcasts for people. And I said, really? So that's when I did a little research and, and you know, ended up contact doing exactly what he said, contacting you, the client happiness guy. By the way, I love that title. That is just, that's too cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. That's, that's my goal. And so I contacted you, you emailed me back. I will tell you one of the, one of the things I was really impressed with, with you in the beginning specifically was that I emailed you when I was very early on. And then I'm sure from your side, I went dark because I, I think it was a couple months before I contacted you back because at that point I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I know how to do it now. I got to find somebody to interview and I got to, you know, actually start doing this. And so it was a couple months before I recorded the first couple interviews, you know, to send to you. And so I was very thankful that when I contacted you back, you took me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and thank, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I remember that season of the business and uh, it was not just that, you know, you're a person on the other end. I try to keep that in mind all the time, but also, you know, we probably really needed the clients too. So <laughs> I was probably responding to everybody and taking them seriously. Uh, but thank you for that. So now back to that that previous question. What were some of the obstacles that you faced right away when you began your podcast? Yeah, actually, the the equipment side, I, I use very simple equipment now. Uh, I guess this happens in other areas as well, but I had done all this research and it seemed like, you know, this one microphone was the right one to buy. And as soon as I buy that and start using it, then I'm starting to hear, well, no, this other microphone, you know, is better to buy. And I used Skype for the original interviews, but then you have to use a separate recording program to record the Skype call. And uh, I recorded two podcasts in one day, and it, it was with a director at uh, a university. And then the second one was with a, a VP with a, a financial advising company. I record these two podcasts, and I go to listen, and the audio has a consistent beep every two seconds through the entire thing. And yeah, oh, no. at first, I, and this were two in one day. And so I, I'm thinking, of, well, I'll just clip that part out. And I realized, no, it's through the entire thing. And what had happened was one program had updated and the other hadn't. And, and when I ask about it, they're, yeah, you know, we're having this issue right now. But, you know, I had already recorded these. <laughs> And so, so I had to go back to the people because I, I didn't have a, a huge number of guests at that time either, you know, so I, I couldn't afford 
not to have them as guests. And so I had to go back and ask them. And, and thankfully, they were willing to do it again. Although it's never quite the same doing it the second time. The interview is, is always a little different. Uh, I mean, as you know, I use very simplistic equipment now and, and I give a little on the the audio quality, but it works for me and it's been dependable and it's very easy for my guest to be able to record. So that, that was probably the biggest deal is, you know, I thought I was using the right stuff and it ended up to cause me a lot of problems. Yeah. Sometimes using the right stuff does not always work well because the right stuff by virtue of what it is is more complicated and so you have more things that can yeah. go wrong so simple sometimes is better and you know i'll say this your audio quality is not horrible i've been dealing with some audio this week that's just been pitifully bad and it's one of those things where i find out that what happened was the recording solution that the host was using uh, wasn't working and so she called the person on the phone and held the phone up to the microphone next to her oh. mouth as she talked to the person and recorded their voice through the phone into her microphone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. How terrible. It was painful. I mean, literally painful in your ears to listen to because it was so screechy and harsh and hissy. And, oh, my goodness. It was good. All that to say, yours is not by any means the worst audio that I've ever dealt with. It's it's oh, actually pretty you. good. So, I appreciate that. So, Mark, tell me once you got the podcast rolling, what were the discouraging moments? that you had to kind of take a deep breath and kind of reset your, your compass and say, okay, I'm going after this again. Approaching a few potential sponsors and, and having them express interest in the beginning and then just sort of disappear, particularly larger, you know, companies, that was a little depressing. You know, probably the, the other thing that I, I fight still to this day is, uh, you know, just staying ahead in the production schedule I try to run a month ahead of time and that works really well. If I'm recording shows that are going to air a month from now, when I get behind, then it becomes frustrating because, you know, if I'm recording today because it needs to go out next week, well then that, <laughs> you know, cutting it, cutting it close like that is just, uh, it, it's, it's a hurdle. It's frustrating. It's so really the, I guess, staying ahead, you know, staying ahead. It's easy to get behind. It's interesting because you think you're ahead for a little while and so you feel good about it. And then, you know, a week goes by and then you realize, oh, shoot, if I don't book another guest, I'm, I'm going to have to skip a week. I've tried very hard not to not to pod fade, as you call it. <laughs> well, what are the things you put in place to help you with that problem? Because I know you're a pretty systematic guy. You're, you're not just flying by the seat of your pants. What do you do to help yourself stay ahead of schedule? Yeah, I learned that the hard way. I do have regular reminders now you know, your typical tickler file kind of thing each week to, to pop up, to remind me, you know, to invite somebody to be on the show or to follow up with people. Also, I didn't used to do this. I used to just record them and, you know, save the files and, and send them on. And I didn't really pay attention to when they were going to go out. Now I, I keep a calendar of how many shows I have, when they're scheduled so that I can see at any time, you know, how far out, I've recorded because if I get within two weeks of the last one that's scheduled to air, then I know that I'm about to have a problem. So really, I mean, I know that sounds so basic, but just, just basically tracking where you are, you know, and keeping a calendar is, is really been the biggest difference maker. Yeah, it is basic, but it's not intuitive for a lot of people, depending on how we were raised and how we were taught to be organized or not. We either plan things to the detail or we fly by the seat of our pants. It's kind of the two extremes I see. 
And I think your system is, is beautiful in its simplicity because you're able to receive that reminder. You know that you've got to do it. The only thing beyond that that I've seen clients do is scheduling a certain time every week that they have blocked out for a recording and they do two or three episodes during that time. So they're hustling ahead of time to get people lined up if they're doing interviews and they do them back to back to back. And so in one week, they've added three episodes to their hopper. Whereas if you're just doing one episode a week, you're only adding one a week. So you're progressively getting more and more ahead when you do it by that system. Requires a bigger chunk of time and requires a, a bigger commitment from you to you know work on getting guests ahead of time. But if you can have an assistant or something like that help you, that definitely cuts down on the stress level of trying to get something out next week. And then another approach you could take to help with that is just, you know, <laughs> don't publish an episode if you don't have something to publish. <laughs> That's been my approach lately. <laughs> I've been transitioning in my own life and have had a lot of reasons to say, oh, I'll get to that next week. So as is proven in this recording, I am getting back on track and trying to get things going. You're right about the batch recording. Every show I do is an interview. And when it's going as smooth as it's supposed to is those days when I have, you know, two or three recordings all on the same day. The trick is, you know, getting the guest schedules, you know, to work out. So Mark, let me ask you this. If you could have started a podcast sooner, would you have and why? Yeah, I think I would have. I mean, you, you've made comments like this on your own show about how, you know, how many podcasts there are out there and how important, therefore, um, how you present your show is. If I would have known about this medium earlier, I, I wish I would have gotten in the game earlier. You know, it's it's the same as I wish I would have started my company when I was younger. You know, it's just <laughs> um, I wish I would have gotten in the game earlier. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's beneficial to the listeners. That's what I'm told. I mean, that's my primary wish. I, I pray before each show that God lets the the guest and myself create something that benefits you know somebody. So yeah, I definitely would have gotten into it earlier. Actually, if I would have known about your service, I could have gotten into it four to six months earlier. I just I took a lot of time, you know, trying to figure it out before I realized, oh, there's professionals out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those things I've come to learn that in every field or every endeavor, there likely are professionals out there. You know, somebody's had the idea to make a business out of serving those who are interested in that area. And I just, I'm like you, I don't tend to think that way when I'm brand new to something because it's all new and it feels like the whole thing is brand new and nobody's ever thought of this before. And uh, it just takes a while to get there. So I, I don't fault you for that at all. It's one of those things that you just live and learn. So if you had started your podcast earlier, what are some of the things you think would have been advantageous to you in doing so? Well, I think just being earlier to market, you know, has its its benefits I think if I had to do it all over again, I would have went further into thinking about what I want the business model to be, because actually the, the way mine has developed is I started out with the idea of having an advertising-based income stream. And then what happened is the the advertising ideas I have didn't or had didn't pan out as well. But the podcast 
was getting, you know, really good reviews and, and I don't mean just online reviews, but I, I was hearing that people liked it and, and people were like, oh, you're the podcast guy, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it, it took off a lot faster than, than I thought it would. So if I had to do it all over again, I think I would have, you know, put more thought into, you know, where I was going to go with it if it became real successful. <laughs> it just, it happened a lot faster than I, I anticipated, honestly. Yeah. And that's good news. That's good. Good problem to have is when something is so successful, you don't really know what to do next. I wonder now in retrospect, uh, what do you think would have been beneficial to you in terms of thinking through a business plan or a plan for how you would use the podcast? I mean, think, think it through kind of in a reverse engineering sort of way. What are the things that you think you could have put in place then that would have been beneficial to you now? I would have done more content development if I would have done a lot of content development on the front end and then launched a podcast and the podcast would have failed, then I would have invested a whole lot on the front end for no reason, you know, on the back end. Or, and so I, I, I don't know. I mean, knowing what I know now about the feedback I get from the podcast, I, I sort of wish, for instance, I, I wish I would have started working on the book earlier and I wish I would have started putting some of the content down on paper, you know, some of the experience and knowledge I've got from, you know, being in the industry for so long down on paper. So it would have been ready because actually it's been sort of a rush to get some of that out and available because I hadn't anticipated, you know, trying to, to publicize content uh, at all other than the podcast, but that's, that's the direction I went in at this point. Yeah, I think there's so many podcasters that get into the medium with great ambition, you know, and these wild dreams they hear of, you know, the Pat Flynn's and the the Cliff Ravenscrafts who have made their living on podcasting. And so they, they have this vague dream that they want to do that, but they don't know what it takes to get to that. And that's fine. I mean, we all figure it out as we go. I was very much that way myself. And it's going to look different for every person. But I do think if more people took the time to make use of someone who has the expertise and just do a little bit of consulting about what are the possible business models in this, what are the ways you see people making money using their podcast, I think even existing podcasters could benefit from that because they don't know what's happening across the board in the industry. But if they heard about it, it would spark some thoughts in their mind and they would say, oh, I think I could do that with this part of our business. And so starting out with a better plan is always a, yeah. a good plan <laughs> if, if you're able to have the wisdom and the foresight to do it. One thought I have, you, know, you mentioned Pat Flynn and I, I did definitely for a period of time in that first year get a little fascinated with some of the income reports <laughs> that people put out. Uh, you know, you look at that and you go, wow. And all I have to do is record a podcast and just keep it up. And I think the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Are you willing to do what you have to do to get there though? And, and honestly, the answer for me is no, you know, because I'm willing to do different things, but you know, there are other aspects of my life that I like the way they are. And uh, for instance, I like to travel occasionally for enjoyment and, and even for business a little bit, but 
with my family situation, I don't like to be away from home, you know, for long periods of time. And so for individuals that, let's say, get on the professional speaking circuit and are doing a lot of traveling because of the, the notoriety of the podcast gets them, that's not for me, you know? So I, I think, I think it's important, you know, when, when you're, you're thinking about what you might like to ask yourself, you know, is everything that goes with that really, you know, something that you want, you know, cause if not, well then, you know, maybe that, maybe that goal is inappropriate. Man, Mark, we got to make a soundbite out of that to share all over social media. I think you just hit on something so profound. I think we see this all over our culture. Too often people fall in love with the dream, but don't realistically look at what it takes to fulfill that dream. And if they did, they would see some very problematic or questionable things that go with the accomplishment of that dream that they might have second thoughts about if they knew to have second thoughts about it. One of the things that comes to my mind so often, and it's not casting stones at anybody, it's just a phenomenon we can all witness in our culture. And that is these Disney Channel cutesy little girls who grow up to be these uh, yeah. Yeah. lost pop stars. They have this dream as a kid, and maybe their parents have the dream as well of this fame and fortune and making the most of their beautiful singing voice and talent and all that. And that's, there's nothing wrong with those ambitions, but it feels like, and you know, I haven't walked in their shoes, but it feels like there's not enough thought given to all of the pitfalls and dangers along the way to getting there. And we, we see it evidenced in the lives of those, those young ladies in particular. It's, it's really kind of sad. No, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of similarities there. Now that you're on the other side of launching a podcast, what is some of the best advice you could give to somebody who has been in the very same shoes you were, who's thinking about starting a podcast, but just hasn't quite pulled the trigger yet? What would you say to them? Yeah, some of the best advice I heard out there was just go ahead and jump in and do it. Record your first three shows. (laughs) First one's not so bad. And then the second one, you work out a few kinks. And by the time you hit the third one, you're, you're on a roll. It's really not that difficult. You just have to get started. And I think secondly, instead of trying to do everything yourself because you don't have any budget, it's better to focus on what you do know how to do well and get some budget from doing that and then go hire somebody to do the other stuff. You know, focus on trying to find the income to hire the people to do the stuff that they're good at, as opposed to just trying to do it all yourself until, you know, somehow magically you make income. I mean, seriously, I mean, that's what I did in using your service. There was no income when episode one came out, (laughs) but I figured I was a whole lot better off getting somebody who knew how to edit a show and successfully get it online instead of me stumbling through all that and taking four or five times the amount of time, you know, instead I, I could just go and, and build the other parts of it, which, which I knew how to do, but build the other parts and, and let you do what you and your team were good at. I want to rephrase that and make sure I'm hearing you right. Cause I think there's a, a gold nugget in there. You said, do the things you know how to do and are good at doing to create the budget to hire people who are good at the things you're not good at. Is that what I heard you say? Exactly. Work in your strengths to get the budget so you can hire people to do things that are not in your strengths. So does that mean if you're a good consultant taking on a few more consultant clients to 
pay for the podcast production, so to speak? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So for somebody who is just starting out and, you know, doesn't even have a business, they're just thinking down the line, what would you recommend to them? I mean, should they be driving pizza deliveries one night a, a week or what? Yeah, I think that gets back down to the business plan. I think they would need to put a little more thought into, you know, if it does need to support itself, how is it going to support itself and where is that money going to come from? And put some more thought into that and then invest, you know, maybe it's a little savings or, or maybe it is, you know, from a side job or something like that. Invest in having, you know, other contractors, if you will, you know, do the services that they can do easily and then them spend their time on the items that directly affect income. Yeah, that's great advice. Now, let me ask you a little bit of a philosophical question or a mindset question based on that. I know I made it sound like I was wrapping up the conversation, but you just keep <laughs> sparking things in my mind here. So, so many people, and I have to include myself in this because I was very much this way when I first started my online activity. We, we have this feeling, I can't really afford to pay for that every month. You know, and I'm talking about even little things like $15 a month for a Dropbox subscription. You know, I feel like I just can't afford that. I, I really can't. But somewhere along the line, that mentality has to change or else you're just going to be stuck in this place of I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And you're never really going to build momentum. Talk to me a little bit about your mindset around those things, because you obviously aren't averse to hiring people who can do the things you don't really want to do. So, so talk to me about that mindset a little bit. When you have that feeling that I, I just, I can't hire anybody. I don't have the money to hire anybody. Then you need to ask yourself the hard question. Well, then where is that money going to come from? Because I have to hire somebody eventually. I mean, if this thing becomes successful, I'm going to have to hire somebody for help anyway. And at that point, where is that money coming from? And whatever answer that is, that's what you need to go focus on. The way I've always tried to approach things is figure out what you need to do it the right way. Whatever equipment that is, contractors, employees, what, whatever it is. And then, okay, now you have that answer. Now you just need to figure out how to make it happen. With my other business in the early days, I knew I needed a server because I needed an email system. And I didn't say, well, you know, it's just me. I, I don't have the funds to buy that. I guess I'm just going to have to, you know, do without email. No, <laughs> you know, figure, okay, well, I need a server. Let's go figure out how much they cost. And now how can I make that money? So I, I think really that's the approach as opposed to, I don't have the money, therefore I can't do anything. It's what do I really need? Once I'm sure that's what I need, what does it cost? And figuring out a way to make it happen. You're saying some of my favorite words there, figure it out. I think too often we let things become obstacles when the reality is God's given us this creative thing called a brain and we can figure things out and we just have to push through. It's, it's called hard work. It's called being resourceful. It's called being creative, but we can all do it. And I think you just dropped a, a gold nugget on us there. So that I thank you for that, Mark. Mark, I appreciate your time and I appreciate having you as a client. You've been one of those clients who, when your email pops up in my email inbox, I'm always eager to read it because you're always so kind and you're gracious and you're helpful and encouraging and all those things. So thank you for being one of those bright spots in my inbox. And I can guarantee you there's very few of those some days. 
that means a lot to me because uh, your service means a lot to me. And and there are times I thought, oh, I hope I, I hope I don't upset Carrie because if I upset Carrie with this email, you know, if he decided not to service me, that would cause me some heartburn. And <laughs> I've never produced a show myself, you know. So th- thank you, thank you very much. Your your service is is extremely valuable. Well, you're very gracious to say that. And just to take the heat off there a little bit, it takes a whole lot to upset me. <laughs> and you've never gotten even close, so not a problem. You heard me say it in there a couple of times. Man, there were just some gold nuggets that Mark dropped on us from his own experience. And they're things I encourage you to think through when you're thinking about your podcasting efforts, whether you're starting brand new or whether you're somebody who's been doing this for a long time. Mark has learned tons of stuff that can benefit all of us. Mark, thank you so much for being a guest on Podcastification and for sharing your story. Well, that is about all the time we have for the show today. You should go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Bum 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 bum